Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapter 22 on Isaac's question of where is the lamb for a burnt offering and how that the answer to that question will determine a person's eternal destiny of heaven or hell. Now, as we approach Thanksgiving time this week, we have so much to be thankful for. And the Friendship with God radio program is thankful for your listenership. And we hope in return that you're thankful for this Old Testament expository preaching and teaching from Tom Cantor. Now, we cannot continue to air this Bible teaching program on this station if you don't support it. And so we ask if you would consider making a one-time or even a small monthly contribution to support Friendship with God and keeping Tom Cantor's tremendous Bible teaching messages airing on this station in this city. To encourage you to support this program, with any donation of $10 or more, we'll send you Tom Cantor's life story and his wonderful track, How a Jew Learned the True Meaning of Christmas, that you can give out at holiday and Hanukkah time. Now, consider donating by calling us now or after the program at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Or go online to donate at friendshipwithgod.com. Org. Friendshipwithgod.org. Now here's Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher on Friendship with God. If you open your Bibles to um, Genesis, we'll get ready to, to um, continue in our study of the wonderful book. Let's pray to God. We do, Lord, take it a great honor and a privilege to be able to pray to you. We thank you, Lord, that you have opened your ear to us. We thank you, Lord, for your great desire, your desire to see sinful men saved to see them restored to what Adam lost, and to see them in your house forever. We thank you, Lord, for the goodwill of him that dwelt in the bush. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Yes, Genesis chapter 22 now, if you just follow along here. And as we look here, and and, and, uh, okay, let's take the part here. We'll start off at verse 3. Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and claved the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, saw the place afar off, and Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it upon Isaac his son, took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and he said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. And they came to the place which God had told them of. And Abraham built an altar there, laid the wood in order, bound Isaac his son, laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon thy lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, for as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Okay, now, in our last study, we were studying, in particularly, they were focused in on verse 7. That's such an important verse, where, where it says that Isaac spake unto his father and said, in these words, my father, and he said, 
here am I, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? So there's really two important take-home points as we look at verse 7 that we want to come away with. And the first one is Isaac's question where, he said, where Isaac said, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? That's really, if you think about this, like a lingering question that Isaac asked. And Isaac asked that question, and as he's standing there, I want you to think of Isaac as really standing there and representing the vast majority of the Jewish people. See, all the seed of the Jewish people was passed from Abraham to Isaac. And so Isaac, as that single Jewish person there at that time, who all the Jewish people would spring out of, he now speaks as a representative for all the Jewish people. And he asks in verse 7 a a question which is so sobering. It's a question which is so serious. It's a question which is so profound. And it's it's the most sobering, profound, serious question that's ever faced of the Jewish people. Where's the lamb for a burnt offering? So really, we look at verse 7, and we see that Isaac's question is a fundamental question. Isaac, at this point, he stands there, he asks this question. He's asking this question that every Jewish person has to ask himself. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And God will ask every Jewish person that same question. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And the answer that every person will give will determine their eternal destiny of either heaven or hell. There's just, and, and then there's no greater issue in life than that. There's no greater issue in life for any person, a Jewish person or any person, other than where will your eternal destiny be? And it all depends on the answer to Isaac's question. Where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Will a person have an eternal home in heaven or an eternal state of lostness and suffering in hell? It all depends. It all comes down. It crystallizes down to the answer to Isaac's fundamental question. Where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Now, looking at Isaac's fundamental question, what is the word? You tell me. What is the word just before lamb? What is it? Huh? No, I didn't get it right. (laughs) What is the word just before the word lamb? Duh. Okay, right, we got it. It's like, duh, right? Duh. <laughs> okay, duh. <laughs> That's a very important qualifier there. It's a very important word. It's very important to note this in Isaac's fundamental question, that he didn't say, where is a lamb for a burnt offering? But his fundamental question is, where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And God just doesn't have any lamb for a burnt offering. God has his the lamb for a burnt offering, and God's the lamb for a burnt offering is, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who he is. And Moses made this clear to the Jewish people when he told them that the lamb that they should be looking for was going to be a prophet. And he said that in Deuteronomy 18.15 when he said, the Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, Unto him you shall hearken. So Moses makes it very clear that the lamb is going to be a prophet who is going to be like Moses. Moses is described in Numbers 12.3 as that now the man Moses was very meek above the men, above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. So we understand from Numbers 12.3 
that Moses was, in, a, in his person, a very meek person. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. There's not many verses where he talks about his person, the Lord Jesus Christ. But there is one in, a, in Matthew eleven twenty nine when he does say, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And then you, you'll find rest unto your souls. Moses was the lawgiver. And when Moses spoke, he spoke with authority. It was very dangerous to defy the word of Moses as, as Miriam learned when she became a leprous as a result of that because he spoke with authority. When Moses spoke, God spoke. When God spoke, Moses spoke. And that was the same with the Lord Jesus Christ. When God spoke, the Lord Jesus Christ spoke. When the Lord Jesus Christ spoke, God spoke. And even his enemies, his very enemies came back and they said in Matthew seven twenty nine. For he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Now Moses said that the lamb would be a prophet who would be raised up from among them. He says, of thy brethren, among the Jewish people, of thy brethren. And even his enemies said this about him in in Matthew 13, 55, when they were talking about him, and they said, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? In other words, when they were looking at him, they say, he's just one of us. He's of us. In other words, and the prophet Isaiah, when he introduced the lamb as the Lord Jesus Christ in Isaiah 53.3, he described him as being despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, as you know, acquainted with grief, and that we hid, as it were, our faces from him, and we esteemed him not. Just two days ago, last Friday, uh, Dr. Mark Rasmussen, who's the vice president of West Coast Baptist College, he went out for an afternoon. I don't know if you thought it was going to be a pleasant afternoon, but anyways, he went out for an afternoon with our summer blitz team of the Bible school students who are reaching the Orthodox Jewish people in Brooklyn. And, and uh, he sent me a, a little movie, a, a little you know, video, of the places where he was, and he said it looked like Jerusalem to him, you know. <laughs> and so it was, he's out there on Friday, he's texting me in real time what's going on as he's going door to door, and he's discovering just how much the Lord Jesus Christ is rejected and despised of men. So I got the text message at seven minutes after noon, he, he, he texted me, he said, I just got screamed at, <laughs> not in my neighborhood. <laughs> and then it only took an hour and a half later for him to text me, and, 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 and so he's been out there for an hour and a half, and he says, I was yelled at more times today than I've been yelled at in five years. <laughs> so he's despised and rejected still. The Lord Jesus is. The prophet Isaiah, he introduces the lamb in Isaiah 53, 4, and 5 as describes him as the one who surely bears our griefs, carries our sorrows. And even though we did, and we looked at him, we said, boy, this person is stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But the reality is in verse 5 that he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities and the punishment, the chastisement for our peace was on him, and the result is, with his stripes were healed. He's the lamb, in, in, in verse 6 of Isaiah 53, described as the one who the Lord hath laid on him, the iniquity of us all. He's the lamb, described in verse 8, as described as, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. He's described in verse 10 as 
the one who had pleased the Lord to bruise him, he put him to grief so that we could make his soul our offering for sin. He's described in verse 11 of Isaiah 53 as the one who God the Father would see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. And then he says that by his knowledge, his righteous servant would justify many. And then he says how he would do it. He would bear their iniquities. He's described in verse 12 as the one who poured out his soul unto death, being numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and he made this intercession, marvelous intercession for the transgressors. So what we see in all this is how essential the word is the, that word the, the, in, in, in Isaac's fundamental question when he says, well, where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Not a lamb, but where is the lamb? And that word the is just as essential in John the Baptist's proclamation of who the Lord Jesus Christ was because what's happened here is that John the Baptist gives the fundamental answer to Isaac's fundamental question of where is the lamb when in John 1.29, John the Baptist says, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, behold the lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. So just as Isaiah didn't ask, I mean, sorry, just as Isaac didn't ask, where is a lamb for a burnt offering? John the Baptist didn't see Jesus says, behold, a lamb, which takes away the sin of the world. He's not a lamb, which takes away the sin of the world. The Lord Jesus Christ said, the lamb, which takes away the sin of the world. And that links those two words, that links to Isaac's fundamental question, the word the. So this word the is, is in Isaac's fundamental question, was proclaimed by Peter and John in the book of Acts, to the Jewish people in Acts 4, 10 through 12, when, he, when they said, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that means to all the Jewish people, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and God raised from the dead, even by them does this man there stand before you. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, they said which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name given under heaven, uh, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So when John and Peter said that there was salvation from sin in no other other than the Lord Jesus Christ, they're using the same, the same word concept of the the lamb that Isaac and John the Baptist had used. The Lord Jesus Christ said, the lamb of God. He's the salvation of God. And so Peter and John, they say he was given. In other words, they said that the lamb was given. The name of the lamb was given among men. And Moses said to the words, the lamb, he said, the Lord thy God shall raise up unto thee. In other words, God's going to give to you a prophet like unto me. So they're all emphasizing this concept of the would be given, the lamb would be given and as a, from heaven as a gift. And that was what Isaiah was emphasizing in, in, in Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, when he said, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name is going to be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and the peace, there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. 
the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So Isaiah, he's emphasizing that the lamb is going to be given or sent from heaven as the son that was given. And that whole concept of given, of sent, that's the whole core meaning behind the word Messiah. That's the whole core meaning behind the word Christ. He is the lamb that was sent. He is the lamb that was given. As it says in in John 3.13, no man's ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. That's the concept of the Messiah or the Christ. Came down even as the son of man which was in heaven. We'll return with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. We want to remind you that when you support the Friendship with God radio program, you also indirectly support Jewish evangelism through Israel Restoration Ministries. Recently, a Jewish woman named Rebecca received the Lord Jesus Christ as her Messiah after being befriended and worked with by IRM missionaries. And she is now being discipled. If you, too, would like to support Jewish evangelism through Israel Restoration Ministries, Tom Cantor is the founder of that, and he's also a Jewish Christian, and helping to reach God's lost nation of Jewish brothers and sisters, call us with a donation of any amount to reach the Jew first with the gospel. Imagine how pleased God will be that you supported reaching one of his lost family members. Now call us now or after the program at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051, or go online to israelrestoration.org. Now here's Tom Cantor. And in John six thirty eight, For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. So these words, sent me, He's describing himself as the Messiah, as the sent one, as the Christ. John 6, 51, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he'll live forever. And the bread that I will give to you is my flesh, which I'll give for the life of the world. The lamb is the Messiah. The lamb is the sent one from heaven. So the qualifier of thee as the lamb here in Isaac's fundamental question, this is what Paul was emphasizing when he uses the word one. In Romans 5, it's a theme there in Romans 5, and he describes the Lord Jesus Christ as one when he says in Romans 5, 15, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, that's Adam, many be dead, much more by the grace of God and the gift of by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ hath abounded unto many. And in Romans 5.19, he says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, that's Adam, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. See, God only has one gift. He has one gift of grace. He has one gift of man for eternal life. It's described in 2 Corinthians 9.15 when he says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. He didn't say thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gifts but his unspeakable gift doesn't thank God for the plural, but the singular, one gift, all wrapped up in the Lord Jesus Christ. And John, he, he emphasizes this when he says in 1 John 5, 11 through 12. See, when you look at 1 John 5, 11 through 12, it's all an issue of the. It's all an issue of one when he says, and this is the record. This is the whole sum of the record he's trying to say here. God hath given to us eternal life, and this gift is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the 
Son of God hath not life. It's just that simple. The word the in Isaac's fundamental question is brought out, brought out in all these places is describing the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's also the concept behind describing him as the only begotten in John 1.14 when it says, the word was made flesh, dwelt among us, we beheld his glory as of the only, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In John 1.18, no man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son hath seen, which is in the Buddhism of the Father, he, he hath declared him. And of course, the most famous verse in the Bible of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then he goes on in the two verses down from there in John 3.18, he that believeth not is condemned, but he that, be- sorry, he that believeth on him is not condemned. Uh, for he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So it's all this, Paul, this great emphasis here, which is brought out, by the word the, and Paul's emphasizing the word the in Isaac's fundamental question in 1 Timothy 2.15, or 2.5, when he said, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Next, okay, now I'm going to ask you another question. So you look at the fundamental question again. This will be an easy one for you. I think it will be easier than the last one. (laughs) What is the first word in Isaac's fundamental... This may not be easy, actually. What is the first word in Isaac's fundamental question? Uh, uh, Isaac's fundamental question. Well, no, okay, it's not behold. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Oh, I, 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 I can't get it to, to you, so okay. okay. Forget my question, I'll just tell you. The <laughs> first word is the word but. Okay, sorry. Uh, I keep trying to lead you into these things. I don't know why I do this. But anyway, so <laughs> it's the middle of the word. Okay, what can I do? Three letters starts with a B, ends with a T. <laughs> All right. The first word, but, or, okay, this word, but, <laughs> is very important because what this word emphasizes is the essential tragedy, the essential tragic road that the majority take when confronted with Isaac's fundamental question. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? So this word but, it shows the tragedy of many people is that they try and avoid Isaac's fundamental question by giving other answers. You know, well, I don't have the lamb for a burnt offering, but I was circumcised. I mean, I don't have the lamb for a burnt offering, but I went to Hebrew school. I don't have the lamb for a burnt offering, but I was bar mitzvahed. I don't have a lamb for a burnt offering, but I attended Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur high holiday services at synagogue, and I didn't cheat. I fasted on Yom Kippur. I can't say that. <laughs> I don't have the lamb for a burnt offering, but I said Kaddish every year for my dead parents. I don't have the lamb for a burnt offering, but I kept kosher. I don't have the lamb for a burnt offering, but I prayed twice a day. I daven twice a day. I don't have a lamb for a burnt offering, but I keep Sabbath. I don't have a lamb for a burnt offering. I memorized the Torah. I don't have a lamb for a burnt offering, but I became a rabbi and a cantor. See, many people have to work to become a cantor. I was born one, but anyway. So, you know, and, and God will say to them, that's religion. And I didn't ask you 
for religion. I didn't ask you if you're religious. I asked you Isaac's fundamental question, where's your lamb for a burnt offering? Another amazing Bible study with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on the Friendship with God radio program. Now, this message is available for free, downloading and listening at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, also available on iTunes.com by searching for the Friendship with God podcast, and also available on sermonaudio.com. Now, our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, is the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, and of course, Tom Cantor is a born-again Jewish Bible-believing Christian. And are you interested as well in helping to reach the Jewish people and help them find their Messiah? Because Tom Cantor himself was someone who was once lost without the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, but someone got the gospel to him. Now, there are many more Jewish Tom Cantors out there today, and there are many lost without hope, and we as believers have an opportunity to reach them. So would you consider making a donation towards Jewish evangelism and the Friendship with God radio program, whether it's a one-time or monthly, or no matter how big or how small of a donation, 100% of every dollar goes towards Jewish evangelism and reaching lost Jewish people. No administration costs here at this radio program and at this Jewish evangelism outreach ministry. Your donation goes farther in eternity by calling us now or after the program at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Again, 800-247-3051. Or you can make a one-time donation online at israelrestoration.org. israelrestoration.org. And find more information about Tom Cantor and Jewish evangelism at israelrestoration.org. Or go online and make a one-time donation at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. Again, 800-247-3051. Thanks for listening and join us again tomorrow at this same time.